The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. And it is time for another edition of Mick Shots. Got a false start to start this one, but we got things corrected and we are ready to roll for the next hour here on this, what is it, June 4th, June 2020, 4th. Bill Jones, Mickey Spagnola, Everson Walls, and big news coming down this morning because things are starting to open up at the Star <laughs> in Frisco. Of course, it's been open up a little for a little while now. But coaches can be back in the building starting tomorrow. And I would think, Mickey Spagnola, that Mike McCarthy, if he's not already in Frisco, Texas, he is on a jet plane headed back here from Green Bay. And uh, we don't have Mickey just yet, so Everson, I would say Mike McCarthy is on a jet plane headed to Frisco, Texas, as we speak. Well, it's about time, man. I'm, I'm just like you, Bill. I'm ready for the season to start. I'm ready for the offseason to really get, get going right now. And uh, right now with the Cowboys and the NFL trying to figure out how this season is going to get started this year, all kind of decisions are going to be made. And I think they're going to be changing even up until the last minute of some of these events because everything just seems to be changing uh, all over the place in every sport. So. I think that a lot, a lot of the sports are learning from each other and they're taking cues from each other, trying to figure out the best way to go through with a safe ball game and uh, still be socially conscious, I guess. Yep, uh, it'd be nice to get this offseason started uh, for a change here. Uh, it's been a long wait to, to get to this point. And, of course, the other news that came down earlier in the week is the fact that uh, Cowboys will not have training camp in Oxnard, California. We'll see uh, when training camps start, but uh, Everson, we would be right now precisely 48 days away from uh, the start of training camp, assuming there is a Hall of Fame game. Uh, and uh, so we're inching ever so close, and it's going to be very interesting over the course of the next days, if not weeks, what decisions are made as far as when this, when this thing is getting started for sure. Well, if nothing else, uh, when you talk about training camp, that's going to be a big change. Uh, I kind of wish I could have gone through that training camp. I, I never enjoyed leaving to go to Thousand Oaks. I never enjoyed leaving the city to go out to the, to the rural areas and be on lockdown. Uh, I think this is going to be a welcome change to me uh, for the entire NFL. Uh, let's just be real. This thing started, my God, 40, 50 years ago, 60 years ago. Vince Lombardi thought it'd be a good idea to take his team away from the family where they can really concentrate on being champions. And because they had the blueprint with, all this, with a couple of Super Bowls early on, everyone followed suit. And uh, so to me, I think it's a good change to get back to 
to me, it's unnecessary travel. It really is. Uh, being at home, I think, is more comfortable than being on the road and being away from your family. I would rather they do it like this all the time, to tell you the truth. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm in the minority in that, in that regard. It would be interesting uh, if uh, changes are made in the future as far as the way the offseason is conducted, depending on, or, or uh, as a result of what's happened here over the last few, uh, few months. And also, uh, as we go forward and what the schedule is going to be as far as this offseason program, whenever the facilities are opened up for the players, it might not be until training camp before uh, the players are allowed in there, but uh, it, it may turn out to be a better schedule uh, to have more time uh, maybe on campus at their practice facilities in July before training camp starts less time on campus earlier in the offseason we'll just see how it progresses and, and see what they gather from this uh, what transpires over the next uh, month or so to see what what happens you know I, I have to say I uh, I uh, I'm always surprised that the NFL owners are willing to spend more money and go out to a training camp and, and get prepared for the, for the preseason than staying home and, and putting that money in their pockets. I always thought it was kind of un, an unnecessary expense and an unnecessary pro process uh, in regards to going to training camp. So I'm very surprised about it. If you recall, the Cowboys were in Thousand Oaks first, and then when Jimmy and Jerry came, they went to Austin, and they went to Austin for a few years, and for some reason decided to go back out to California and ended up being in Oxnard. So they obviously have some type of connection in the Southern California area, but uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's still uh, money that could be spent somewhere else as opposed to going all the way out to the West Coast as opposed to staying here in your own facility, which is an amazing facility. To me, it's, it's made for training camp to be here. They can go stay in the hotel, which is right next to the star, and uh, do it in that manner. I'm just very surprised that they are willing to still, uh, with, I'm sure with much uh, uh, disregard, they wanted to still go out to, Thousand, uh, go out to Oxnard as opposed to staying at home, and I still don't understand that. Tell you what, uh, we're going to clear up a couple of technical glitches that we have on our end right now. How about we take a little break here? Maybe we'll establish contact with uh, Mickey. And we got much to get to as Mix Shots continues in just a moment. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. 
Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway. Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the. That's my neighbor, Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's best network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for zero dollars down, based on GWS One Score September 2019. Back, back, back. to mixed shots. Mix Shots continues now as uh, we've got much to get to. We're establishing contact with Mickey Spagnola. In the meantime, it's Everson Walls and me, you just Bill just got Jones. me now, Bill. I'm sorry, buddy. It's just me. <laughs> yeah. No, no. You're, you're just fine, Everson. Uh, uh, as uh, we talk about what's going on, and uh, the big story around the league right now is the fact that uh, coaches – can go back into their facility starting tomorrow. The commissioner sent a memo to the teams this morning and uh, opening the door for the coaches, the coaching staff to be there. There's still a limit, uh, the number of people who can be in the practice facility, uh, which numbers at 100. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Cowboys handle that. But I would imagine, uh, of course, the, co- the coaches, Everson, have been uh, working. You know, they're established in their home offices, doing everything right now. Uh, unless they had some lead time on this, they're probably comfortable where they are right now, and there might, they may not be back in the office exactly tomorrow, but the doors are at least open. They can be in the office uh, tomorrow. Uh, can you imagine what it's been like, though, for uh, them and for the players uh, throughout this, the last oh, six to eight weeks? You know, the Cowboys were able to start communicating with their players back on, I believe it was April 6th, since they had a new coaching staff. So we're right at basically the two-month mark. Uh, of these Zoom meetings uh, or the WebEx meetings or whatever uh, they're using uh, to communicate with the players. And it's got to be just a strange thing uh, trying to learn on the fly like this. Yeah, I I have to give these guys a lot of credit in trying to push through. Uh, This has got to be one of the more unusual moments in in sports history, no doubt about it. Uh, The good thing about the Cowboys is, first of all, they've got an owner that spares no expense in regards to their comfort zone. So if you're going to be confined to a facility, the star is an amazing place to be confined. Uh, it's, it's beautiful out there. The, the development out there is, is still going strong. Uh, even though there's no one in the facility but them, I, I, you can't help but, but think about uh, those that are in crappy facilities around the NFL, <laughs> how, how they're feeling about being being locked down, so to speak, uh, in a particular facility. Cowboys don't have that problem. I've been there to the star. I have an office at the star. It's an amazing place. Very comfortable and airy. You got to love it. I, I, if you're going to be locked down somewhere, that's the place to be. You know, you alluded to the fact that the Cowboys, of course, uh, early on uh, when uh, – 
after Jerry Jones bought the team. Of course, the first year they had training camp in Thousand Oaks in 1989, and then they moved it to Austin starting in 1990. Jimmy just loved uh, the heat of, of Austin. Uh, and, of course, after Jimmy left, Barry Switzer, the coach, and they were still in Austin. But it, uh, then they moved to Wichita Falls and finally wound up in Oxnard and then back and forth Oxnard in San Antonio over the last uh, 20 years, and really the last 10 years uh, in Oxnard. But when you talk about the star, I mean, the biggest thing about training camp in Texas is the heat, obviously. And uh, it was just it was horribly uh, hot and humid in Austin. It was... Maybe it was a dry heat in Wichita Falls, but it was hell. Oh, is that what you call it? Is that what you call Wichita Falls? I called it hell, Bill. That's that's what I called it. Well, there's a a bike race in late August in Wichita Falls called the Hotter Than Hell 100. So it wasn't just hell. It was hotter than hell in uh, Wichita Falls. Let me say this. I was working with another TV station, and uh, I was a reporter in Thousand Oaks. I'm sorry, in uh, uh, Wichita Falls. And I drove up and I brought my bike with me. So I would go from the hotel to the, to the, to the site, to the practice site, on my 10-speed. And it is hotter than hell out there. Okay, that's for real. I don't care what time of day it was. So let's think about this. You go from Dallas heat to Wichita Falls heat. Okay, the facilities weren't all that great. There was nothing spectacular about it. I don't understand that move alone. I would have rather stayed home uh, in regards to that and not even worried about going to Wichita Falls, which I thought was just such a, a meaningless training camp site. You could have stayed home and, and suffered enough, just you could have suffered enough from the heat that they had in Dallas that year as opposed to going to Wichita Falls. That, you know, heat is heat. And you're only driving, I think it was what, about a two, two plus hour drive and, you know, you still feel the same way. So I just thought that was just so unnecessary. You know, uh, we're having difficulty establishing a contact with Mickey, but if Mickey were on here right now, and maybe this is the real reason Mickey's not here right now, I think he is in mourning the fact that he's not able to go out to Oxnard, California for three weeks. You know, there is there's some, some great value going out to the, uh, the great temperatures in August in uh, late July and August in Oxnard, California, and you were out in Thousand Oaks. It's a little warmer in Thousand Oaks than what it is in Oxnard in the summertime, but uh, and not much, and especially in your time there in Thousand Oaks, there was not much to do there. But even in Oxnard, the facility there at the Residence Inn, it's secluded. Uh, there's there's really very little chance that the players can get out. And of course, with uh, even on their off days, yeah, you know, they can they can go. Uh, with, a, with a vehicle, they can go uh, places or, or Uber someplace. But really, at the Star in Frisco, they've got everything that they need to have either an indoor uh, training camp, which they have done after they've come back from Oxnard uh, the last couple of weeks of camp the last few years. Uh, but also, they can go outdoors if they want to. They got uh, a, a grass field and a turf field there. But if they want to go with two grass fields, as I think Mickey pointed out on his Mick Shots uh, column this week on DallasCowboys.com, they could go right up the tollway to Frisco. There's some great soccer fields there that FC Dallas has. They got all the grass fields that they want up there uh, if they want to go out on the grass uh, for a morning practice or whatever. And, and, and let's be real, they have access to that, Bill. They, 
they they do have access to that. I'm sure Frisco would be willing to give Jerry and the Cowboys. They will afford them any pleasure that they want. Uh, that's funny you brought up uh, Thousand Oaks and, and, and Oxnard. Let's be real, Bill. Anything that's close to Los Angeles, <laughs> we're going to get there, right? We're going to find it. <laughs> as, players, as players, we're going to find a way to Frisco. I, I tell the story all the time. Uh, players sneaking out of the dorm uh, in Thousand Oaks, California, and we felt like Wiley Coyote tiptoeing from bush to bush trying to find cover to make sure that we weren't busted as we, as we went out to our cars that were placed strategically off campus. And all of a sudden, you know, we're at a Magic Johnson party, okay? So, no, <laughs> we're, we're going to find our way to, to wherever the fun is. So, as much as you like us being out in California, great weather, to me, that's where the temptation is, is to, to be able to find a way to leave and always worried about how we're going to sneak out this particular weekend or whatever. And when you're at home in, 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 at the star, you don't really have to worry about that. I think, I think it's easier to monitor players uh, in Dallas at the star as opposed to trying to keep up with us as we sneak out and go to different spots in the L.A. area. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even it, when, when you compare uh, back in the 90s when they were going to either Austin or Wichita Falls, there's a heck of a lot more to do uh, to, uh, to find in Austin, Texas than there is in Wichita Falls. There's no doubt. Now, Wichita Falls, that was a true prison. Work. <laughs> that was a true prison training camp right there. That, that went even further back than, than the Vince Lombardi training camps to me. The facilities were, were pretty tough, uh, although it was plentiful for the Cowboys. It wasn't the most ideal or, or picturesque, picturesque uh, 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 site as well. All right. Uh, it's time for our normal break here on uh, Mixed Shots. So let's go ahead and take our normal break. And we will come back with more of Mixed Shots. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards. And that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUS. USA.com. Essilor. See more, do more. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... 
right above the subway. Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score, September 2019. Back, back, back. to Mick Shots. continues here and looky there we've got mickey spagnola joining his own show now i'm ready i'm ready to shoot mill well i'm thinking i'm thinking you're ready to get back to the star in frisco enough of this home office stuff well yeah and and, and you mentioned maybe i didn't join the show because i was uh bemoaning the fact we're not going to Oxnard for training camp so that's why i've got my last year training camp shirt right when we're going to fly it's an ode to the west coast that we're we're not going back there and i am sad uh we're not going back there but i certainly understand uh the reasons why uh no sense having any unnecessary uh travel uh these days and i think the cowboys have a better opportunity to control the environment themselves at the star than trying to go on the road and, and uh, control it somewhere else. I just thought you were wearing that shirt, Spags, because it was the only one you had downstairs in your basement. <laughs> oh, this is classy from last year, by the way. So uh, they, we wore them when we went to Hawaii. You know, the other thing about, you know, you guys were talking about upside, downside of training uh, camp uh, at the star. Uh, you know, the downside is you only have one grass field. Uh, and if you're going to practice on the grass field, you're probably going to have to do it in the morning. Uh, although uh, I did hear that Mike McCarthy did want to flip uh, the practice schedule. Uh, he likes having the big practice in pads in the morning and do the walkthrough afterwards in the afternoon, opposite of what the Cowboys have been doing. So if that's the case, you know, they can get on one grass field. Uh, obviously, they have the artificial turf. Uh, the Cowboys used to practice that way on Wednesdays and then moved inside on Thursday and Friday during the regular seasons. So you don't have, uh, you know, two grass fields to work on. But technically, um, they may not even be able to use AFC Dallas because the, the memo from the league was they can practice at their own facility, right? I'm wondering, I'm wondering if you do everything and just say, okay, but we're just going to use the 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 uh, the practice soccer field over there. They've got a certain team. And you would and you would think that there are probably teams around the league that uh, yeah, instead of using their practice facility, there might be a high school down the street or something where they use their practice fields instead, something like that, or a or a college or something. When you when you use a different practice field, I know we use uh, Lowe's. Uh, we use Lowe's field uh, over there in, in Addison, and. Uh, that was, we never went inside the facility. We went straight from the bus to the field. So I really can't see that being a, a major issue in regards to regulations from the NFL. And, uh, and along those lines, the Cowboys used to do that when they were at Valley Ranch. And uh, they would go over to the Carrollton uh, High School football stadium and had OTAs and so forth over there. So they've, they've done that as far as OTAs go. When the fields were too uh, muddy, uh, rain or whatever, they, they went over to, I think it's Standridge Stadium and uh, practice. And think about this, uh, a, a couple years, uh, at least one for sure in San Antonio, 
uh, I believe when Bill wanted to get out. Remember, remember the year they tried to grow grass in the parking lot? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since, ever since, it lasted for about ten minutes. As soon as it, it was beautiful, right? Until two hundred and fifty pound guys got on the field, that grass ripped right up, and they and Emmett went down, and it was like, "That's it, we're out." That's it, it's over. And so they ended up getting bussed over to a junior high field uh, that was close to uh, the Alamo Dome. It was about ten minutes away, and they would hold practices when they wanted to get outdoors because. Indoors in that gray Alamo dome. Oh God, it got depressing. Uh, and, and you gotta wonder who came up with that idea. Who was paid to, to come do the grass? Idea? Convinced, somebody convinced them that we can grow a grass field in the parking lot. They grew it. <laughs> you can grow a grass field, but you can't play on that yeah, grass field. Play. It was pretty, by the way. <laughs> and so, yeah, you know, you got spoiled being, uh, you know, you were talking about being in Thousand Oaks and, uh, you know, my, my funny story, and I know you guys already went over, you were talking about, uh, you know, how you were sequestered there and you guys tried to get out all the time. Well, if you think about it, that media dorm uh, was right across from where uh, the guard gate was when you pulled in, right, right past Tom's. Uh, dormitory and so we could see who was coming and who was going right well at night there was a patio behind our dorm and it opened up to a field and on the left of us was the women's softball field and to the right uh, a ways away probably about now 50 to 100 yards there was another dormitory with a parking lot and we'd sit out there at night and we'd get done working and drinking a beer on the patio and it's pitch dark right and the, sun, the moon's out, and all of a sudden we can see somebody <laughs> running from where the softball field was to a waiting car. So the car would flash its lights like, okay, I'm ready. And some guy would go running across to get out to escape, and we'd be sitting there going, hey, hey, we'd start screaming at him. The guy start running faster. The door would open. They would dive in and then take off so they could escape training camp without wow. going past the guard gate. That that was our blueprint, Spags. Okay, that's our fault. We indoctrinated guys like Michael Irvin and, and all the younger guys. We taught them the game. So if you can blame anyone, blame us. Okay, I'll fall on the sword. The other the other funny thing I used to see is when somebody would pull in the guard gate and one of the guys would come out. Right, he would come out with his Bible like he's going to Bible study, but but he also had his toiletry kit. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are the days, Spags. Yes, those are the days, man. We were so funny. politically incorrect. Oh my God! How, how did we survive? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he knew he could get into the Coach Landry's good graces if he carries his Bible around. Hey, but, it, but then you, 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 we should have monitored the uh, practice habits after those nights out to just see how effective we were or ineffective. I'm sure we were more ineffective than effective. Well, you, you remember that 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 summer in in Austin, uh, Jimmy gave the guys a uh, a night out and said, "Okay, no curfew, just be back. We got a morning practice." Well, they went out and tore it up, right? And, and Jimmy found out about it, right? So the next morning, he practiced them till their tongues hang out. It was the hardest practice I ever seen. Guys were puking on the sideline. And, and got done. It's like okay, 
Uh, anybody else put the night off tonight? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. That that to me, that should prove that uh, you shouldn't have just a, a a one night to go out and just tear up the town. You should give us scheduled nights that will tear up the town. That way, we'll be more accustomed to uh, habits. Regulate yourself, right? (laughs) Well, and that's why the CBA is written as it is now. The CBA gives them scheduled nights off, you know? No, absolutely. And, you know, and uh, I, I mean... Look, we've all had to be flexible, so, you know, they'll, they'll make it work. And uh, the unfortunate thing is, though, if they're practicing outdoors uh, at the star, there's no room. Heck, there's hardly any room for the media all to be there at the same time, uh, let alone there wouldn't be any fans for sure. Uh, you would have to practice indoors. If, and I don't even know if they would let fans in these days to watch practice. So that's a discussion for you know, down the road. Imagine if they're going to do it, it would probably be limited, uh, you know, limited amount of uh, fans in the stands. So I can see that coming. Just like they're trying to do it at some ball games, they're trying to do it at some events. I could see them being socially distant uh, uh, in the inside facility at the star. I could see that being a very realistic thing. Well, uh, we have uh, not heard from Dak Prescott uh, through virtually the entire offseason. We were doing some research over at CBS 11 trying to figure out when was the last time we saw an interview from Dak even, and I think it was maybe during Super Bowl week. Uh, Maybe he's talked since then, uh, uh, but for sure since uh, the pandemic began on uh, March 11th, so nearly uh, two months there. Uh, But he made a statement in a very big way yesterday with a post on Instagram about what's going on in our uh, country right now is uh, very well stated. Uh, not only a, a statement uh, with his words, but with his actions too, as he's pledging $1 million uh, to the cause and uh, police training and uh, to try to eliminate uh, systemic racism in our country. And uh, just a beautiful move by Dak Prescott yesterday. I thought, guys, it was uh, well thought out. And as I told Everson, when my stuff was working, we could speak to each other before the show started. I thought it was a very balanced response. Uh, you know, he talked about supporting uh, the protesters, supporting the cause, but also supporting uh, the police, too. And, you know, this has not been an easy offseason for him. Uh, the fact that his brother passed away at 32 years old, you know, it was... During the off season, was it March, February? April, I think it was April twenty fourth. April, yeah, not the draft, not that long ago. So, uh, it, and then you know, having to handle uh, the negotiations for a new contract, uh, but uh, you know, obviously, he probably needed to say something, and and, and I thought it was I thought it was uh, well said about kind of including everybody in the message, not just coming out. Uh, against the the police or anything like that and uh so yeah i thought he did a nice job of being very inclusive uh in his comments i i uh, read the comments and i'm so glad he came out i was just talking yesterday and i was wondering when he was going to make a statement because you know this is something that you really just can't ignore you can't just say well we're going to just be guys that throw the ball and just bounce the ball and shut up or, 
And we've heard that before. And I think that's how we got into this position to where we try and separate ourselves, uh, even though, yes, we are all human beings. But if you're African-American, then there are times, especially these days, when you can't ignore what's been going on for, obviously, centuries. But, but now we're just talking decades in regards to police reform. And uh, the, really, when you talk about systemic racism, uh, you, can, you can give money to the police station and, and to, the, to the police officers, and hopefully they, they do well with those funds. But uh, some of these things are just common sense. Uh, I don't think you have to change the way you, your practice is in regards to how you arrest people and how you subdue people as long as you have some type of common sense about it. You know, what we saw in Minneapolis was a totally different thing uh, that has nothing to do with procedure, not at all. That just had to do with hatred. And when you see that being repeated over and over again, uh, and uh, it, it happens to uh, young black men, then yeah, you could say, yes, all lives do matter. It's no doubt about it, all lives matter. <clears throat> but when you see that it's happening to a particular group of uh, people, then you have to, we have to single ourselves out and say, yes, black lives matter, because it doesn't seem to matter in regards to law enforcement, not the entire law enforcement, but there is a problem within law enforcement to where amongst all of those good cops, all of those good cops are trying to do their job. Those bad apples are the ones that are giving you a bad reputation. So it was just good to see that come out and uh, say something because it needs to be said. And also the Dallas Cowboys need to say something as well. If you're talking about being America's team and you want to use that moniker to, to spread joy or whatever you want to spread all over the world, and this is all over the world. If you're going to be America's team, then you need to say something. I think as an organization, we can't sit back as, as Dallas Cowboys and just not say anything as an organization. So I'm glad Dak put the onus on the Cowboys to say something. I think Jerry Jones needs to be next. You know, and I, I, the other thing, and Bill, I thought with uh, Dak uh, donating the $1 million dollars, uh, and, and part of that was for, and, and this addresses what uh, Everson said, it was for upgraded police training. And, and I think that's key, right? Because as he said, you know, you had one guy, one guy, and, and I know the other three stood there and, and didn't intercede, uh, but one guy turned the whole world upside down by what he did. So not only does the training have to improve, but to me, the vetting has to improve. Just you. not Thank everybody you, can be a policeman, right? And, and we can start first by paying them more. Uh, and I think if you pay them more, then you get higher quality people to be able to react to things that are under pressure. Uh, and believe, you know, it's pressure. Look at those guys that were trying to control uh, the, the violent protesters over the week. That's a lot of pressure now. And what you got to do, uh, you know, they they call in the National Guard. Well, sometimes the National Guard's got 18 to 20 year old people in it. Right. Yes. And, and, and you're asking them to have a lot of composure. Uh, so uh, but I think the vetting and the training is what has to improve to be able to get away from some of these things that we continue to see. And as Everson, Bill, you know, we know we've lived a long time. And this all has been going on for a long time. 
And I, I was talking earlier uh, uh, before we, we came on, and I just think it needs to be said that uh, athletes have the right and sometimes the obligation to speak out. It's just the way it is. The reason that we're in this position now is because everyone tries to stay in their lane. Because you're an athlete, you can't speak out on something that's going on to people that look like you. So that's been going on for decades and decades. So let's, let's get out of this mode of athletes just be athletes. That's not true. You've got owners that have contributed to particular campaigns. So that lets you know where their mindset might be in regards to how they are politically. So as an athlete, as an individual citizen, you have that right as well to show where your duties are. And, and your duty should be for fairness for anyone that's confronted with police and, and who might be abused by police. You can criticize the police department and still love that police department. You can criticize America and still love America. And I think that's where we've lost this connection. Let, we, we love America, but we want America to be better. Don't that, you know, you can't, you can do both. You can criticize it, but still be proud of it. You know, the, and I, I love what, uh, what Dak said about his brother, uh, Jace, who he described as his idol and that they both had a shared mission in life uh, is to find a bigger purpose. And uh, I think it's a good message for all of us uh, in these times is to find a bigger purpose in our own lives as far as loving one another. And, uh, and that's what it all boils down to, you know? And uh, um, so hopefully all of us can learn from what's, from what's going, what's happening right now. Yeah, Bill. And Bill, that almost echoed what I, I heard former President Barack Obama say about uh, being able to step up and figure out your purpose and what you need to do uh, to uh, basically uh, help things out. And, and, and I thought that's where uh, Dak was, boy, he was right on point. So maybe he wasn't the first to speak, but when he spoke, uh, he spoke well. And the thing, by the way, I wanted to add this. So he do donated a million dollars. Is he assuming he's going to get a $50 million <laughs> bonus when he signs that long-term deal? Is that a sign that that long-term deal is going to let's be, let's be real. That was not cowboy money. That money was already spent. That's endorsement money, Specs. Let's be real. All right. And, and, and it was, was taking a preemptive strike there knowing that that money's coming down the road. <laughs> Well, it, it was a pledge, so we not, we're not sure oh, when that okay. was. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. No. <laughs> so let's let's see how the next month plays out. And uh, come on, know, bro, don't be like that, man. Dak's word is good. <laughs> word is good. I'm not. I'm not doubting that. But, um, we're getting closer and closer to that July 15th deadline. What's right. today? The is it the fourth? It's the fourth. Uh, this is the fourth. Yes. So we got 27 and 15 days to go. We got 26 and 15. 26, 30 days yeah. in June, Mickey. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you keep track of that? I don't know. I know. All right. Okay. We continue with more mixed shots in just a moment. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. 
Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys, and your favorite football team. Get yours today in the Stadium Pro Shop or at Stetson.com. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. So, you're shopping, and that's when you see it. Aisle 23. Dr. Pepper stack from top to bottom as far as the eye can see. The phrase too good to be true comes to mind, yet there it is. A rich, delicious Dr. Pepper paradise. Wait, did, did that can of Dr. Pepper just open itself for you? They all are. As if to say, so nice to treat you. And even though it feels weird to talk to a can, you pick one up and say, it's so nice to be treated. Dr. Pepper, so nice to treat you. Back, back to mixed Shots. We, got, we can't forget at Jack Black here uh, just because we were having technical difficulties. And I thought an interesting thing I saw uh, on their website, it says, who are we? When we started this journey nearly 19 years ago, we knew one thing for certain. There were plenty of skincare companies that made luxury products for women, but no one was addressing the needs of the modern man. So we stayed close to our customers. We still do and listen to what they wanted and what they didn't. What they wanted were no-nonsense products that worked as advertised and used the best ingredients and were never, ever tested on animals. Nothing complicated, nothing cosmetic, nothing super, just superior skin care. Welcome to the number one best-selling men's skin care brand. Go to GetJackBlack.com. Oh, that was good. Very well done. Great Thanks. I've been saved up for that, you know. You've been, been practicing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he has, Bill. He's been uh-huh. doing a I- I'm so impressed. That was so nice, Bags. You didn't spit once. That was nice. <laughs> Good. You didn't feel it, right? Uh-huh. Didn't feel anything. So, uh, Dr. Fauci, um, <laughs> what are you thinking about the start of training camp now? Well, um, you know, it sounds like we can be maybe optimistic like you and say it might start on time. Uh, now, the question is, when will it start for the Cowboys and the Steelers? Because one thing dawned on me is when they're talking about unnecessary travel for teams, is it necessary to play the Hall of Fame game? And I think that has to be talked about. I saw where Dick Baker, the, uh, the head of the Hall of Fame, said we've got five different contingencies. Uh, and it made me go back to 2011. Remember when 
there basically was a shotgun start to training camp that year. Uh, on Monday, they ratified the CBA. On Wednesday, we were heading to training camp. Uh, and they, that year, they canceled the Hall of Fame game. They had the induction, but they canceled the Hall of Fame game. So, you know, with no, if, and I'm going to assume there's probably no offseason, right? I, I, and if there is, it's conditioning, weight training and conditioning. You On know, their own, yeah. Yeah. Do, do you have to play five preseason games? Uh, if, if, and, and will they, even if you played the game, you know, that game sold out. I read where in 10 minutes they sold out 25. Wow. Right? Wow. The Cowboys and Steelers, right? Uh, and, and so are they going to let people in to watch the game? Because if they're not letting people in to watch the game, is there is it just TV? Uh, so I think that's one of the things that probably have to be discussed between uh, the NFL, the NFLPA, and the Hall of Fame. Well, and the interesting so thing funny. on it, yeah, the Go interesting ahead, thing on it is okay, and I think it's probably contingent as much as anything. Are they going to have the Hall of Fame induction ceremony as scheduled that week? Okay, you know, I saw one. I saw one alternative was to basically push the induction back to when they're going to do the guys that were inducted, you know, because of the 100-year anniversary uh, group. And, and in September. Yeah, in September, uh, midway through that uh, September. And, and they could do that. So it'll be interesting to see what they decide. And so what the decision there is affects the Cowboys because they were supposed to be able to start like July 22nd or at least report to training camp right around there. And they would be ahead of the rest of the teams because they're going to play that early uh, preseason game. Now, will that still be the case? And, and that's one reason the Cowboys wanted to play that game before all this started uh, with the pandemic, because they were going to get an extra game with a new coaching staff and a longer training camp to help the new coaching staff. And, yeah, we seem to forgot that uh, this is a new coaching staff. And if we thought they were kind of behind the eight ball, along with the other four teams with new coaches. Now they're really behind because, you know, Mike McCarthy still hasn't been able to face-to-face -face address a 90-man roster. I was, I was thinking uh, as I was watching these last few days how this, these uh, protests are going to affect uh, the outbreak itself, uh, if it will have some type of a uh, uh, spike in cases, and if that will affect uh, the owner's way of thinking in regards to having this game, in regards to how you prepare for this game. And then you start thinking about the Hall of Fame induction as well. Uh, could that be virtual? You know, could they do it like, as they did in the draft? Uh, just, you know, uh, go to each person's home, uh, be prepared for them to make a speech and a presentation, uh, and do it virtually a virtual Hall of Fame induction ceremony, just like you had a virtual uh, NFL draft. To me, that's Maybe they can go to a racetrack and do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Eddie Gossage at Texas Motor Speedway has already uh, put a proposal in where, where the inductees can be there on the racetrack and people can drive in and watch it on the big screen. The inductees will drive by in their own cars. That's what they do. There you go. Convertible, right? Keep it all outdoors. <laughs> you know, I think the thing that you pro they probably have to take in consideration is, you know, that Pro Football Hall of Fame is basically subsidized by that week. The money they make 
uh, the participation from fans. And it's not just the induction and it's the game, it's the parade, uh, it's the yellow jacket presentation, uh, it's the breakfast, lunch the next day. Uh, people spend a lot of money and that money goes towards supporting that uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. So plus you got to have a under consideration. They had a they they are ongoing an eight hundred million dollar renovation. Am I right, Spags? Absolutely. They're making the like a part of the renovation is uh, they have uh, HBCU uh, section there that I think is going to be around ten thousand square feet. So that's also part of the. Uh, Part of the funding is going to go there as well. So, yeah, it's, it's still very important. They've got some things going on to where they want to change the whole culture around the uh, NFL Hall of Fame in Canton. So, yeah, you're right. It is pretty important. Uh, but I think that's going to suffer a little bit this year. I truly do. Even with the, uh, with the sellout of the Hall of Fame game. Well, Mickey, uh, you, you wrote about Anthony Dickerson in, uh, on Mick Shots in your column this week. I can't believe I missed this. So one of our avid uh, listeners, readers on DallasCowboys.com sent me an email and said, boy, we missed this. You guys sure missed this. And, and so I clicked on what he sent me, and it was about Anthony Dickerson passing away. And I'm reading the story, and it, it was dated March 21st. Yeah. And then I kept reading, and it was like, this wasn't two months ago. This was a year ago, March 30, uh, 21st. And Everson, I can't believe that just kind of passed for a guy that, you know, he was with the Cowboys five years, most of the time, well, all the time you were there, right? Uh, no doubt. Uh, he came in a, a year star. before Dick. Yeah. Uh, Dickerson came in. We just, we just call him, we just call him Dick. Like, we, he came in a year before we did uh, in 81. He came in 80. Uh, he was a, a, a Texas kid. Uh, he was one of those very intense practice players. Uh, he didn't really talk much during practice, but off the field, he's a great guy. Of course, uh, I, I know his his, uh, his widow, and uh, she was the one that uh, had informed us about it, of course, over a year ago when it had happened because we're still close to her and her family. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's I was surprised when you sent me the articles, Fab, because I'm thinking uh, – did right. I miss something? Did, 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 I, did I kill Dick off in my sleep? I don't know. You know, what, what happened? Did I dream it? But no, of, of course I was aware of it. Uh, he had really fallen on some hard times. His health had failed him uh, at, later on in life. Like, and he was pretty much a, uh, you know, that, uh, that tale of, of uh, you know, a guy that, that uh, had the, 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 the injuries and then all of a sudden, you've got the medical condition that comes with that. Uh, the, medic, the medication itself uh, became, you know, a little bit too much for him to take. Uh, and eventually, his, his quality of life before he passed on was not good at all. And so that's pretty much uh, the standard of what you hear from guys that played back in the 80s. Uh, and that's why the collective bargaining agreements are so important for retired players uh, in regards to taking care of of us as we get a little bit older because all of us are not in the same position to take care of ourselves. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, Anthony Dickerson, when he passed, uh, he was in a, 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 a care facility. And so that's, that's the woe of many players uh, that come to the NFL. Uh, we hear about the Hall of Famers and things of that nature, but then there are guys like Anthony Dickerson 
just came along, played a few years, did the best he could, and ended up paying for it in the end. Just one of, one of those things. Sad, yeah, sad story, so, I think. It, it was so sad. You know, former SMU play, uh, player also uh, yes. read where he, uh, against Ohio State one year, made 32 tackles in the game and, you know, was undrafted. The Cowboys. Very fast. He was a very fast under, under, yeah. under his linebacker. Yes. Took over for D.D. Lewis on, on the nickel for a while and then started his last two years. Uh, 83, 84 for, for the Cowboys. As yep. a matter of fact, and, and when I mentioned it to some other people that were big Cowboy fans, they remembered his play uh, at the end of that 83 game against the Saints when it may be the only game that's ever been won on a safety, right? Uh, with 150. That was a heck of a game. Oh, my God. Exactly. He was so happy that game. Even Randy White was jumping up and down like a little girl. That's well, you were, happy you, were, in that game. I mean, you were you were I think you were behind like or, or ahead twenty six ten and turned the ball over the second half like six times or so. Uh and missed an extra Ken Stabler was the quarterback, right? Ken Stabler was the QB. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so yeah. he ended up winning twenty one twenty. And and the thing I, I saw about the story was they asked Tom Landry, did he think his team was motivated? And he goes, Well, Obviously not. I hope not, because if we were, we were really a bad team. <laughs> <laughs> because the Saints were a bad team. So, yes, yes what Tom said was, was as accurate as can be. We were not ready for that game. And then that, the, the irony of it, the next year when you played the Saints, that Sunday night game after the presidential debates, it was another sack uh, that Jim Jeffcoat recovered the ball in the end zone, I believe, tied the game, and then you end up winning it in a late field goal uh, after trailing that game like 26 to 10, I think it was, uh, and made this miraculous comeback, which was a funny story because uh, I think you guys maybe at that point were four and three, things weren't going well, and that morning on the Sunday paper, Randy Galloway and the Dallas Morning News basically said, the Cowboys are dead. Uh, you know, and this is a must win. So they were trailing, trailing, trailing. And, and everybody, we're on deadline. We're past deadline because the game started late because of the presidential debates, right? So when they tied the game up, that game went into overtime. And everybody started banging on the desks, right? Because they had to basically wrap up the story to start again, right? And remember, Tap used to sit in the press box. And he get right behind where we sat in the front row, uh, the guys in the Dallas Times Herald. And Tex got up, and kind of looked over, and saw everybody pissed off. And and he, in his gruff voice, he goes, "Hey, Randy, you look dead." <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That little matchup between uh, Tex Ram and and Randy Galloway was the best. Randy Galloway, I'll call him the eternal pessimist, right? <laughs> That's what I liked about him. He was my radio, he was my radio partner for a while uh, in 1989 when Jimmy and, and Jerry first got there. So oh, wow. he didn't he he uh he always gassed me up. Anytime <laughs> Jimmy said something bad about me, Randy called me before the show. Hey man, Jimmy said this, Jimmy said that. Hey, what do you think? So I like, okay, we're gonna get him. So we <laughs> We're, I mean, we were, what, 1-15 that year, so it wasn't like we were looking forward to, to going to the playoffs. So Randy was feasting on that uh, all season long, and I was right there for it uh, as, his, as his radio partner. 
I know, I know you guys, you know, getting along with text wasn't wasn't great all the time, but for us, it was time. Yeah. No time, guys. It was as entertaining as could be for us, I'll tell you that. <laughs> the stuff he used to say in the press box, it cuss out the officials. Today, could you imagine a, an, official, an official of a team sitting up there in front of the entire media and calling the guy, you, so me? And, and, and God, he was entertaining. He was absolutely I'm saying, you guys were complicit, Spags. The media was complicit. You guys should have dropped a dime on him a long time ago. <laughs> you know what? Your conversation about text is very timely because did you see just a few days ago, it was uh, the, it would have been his 100th birthday, Tex Ray. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man, isn't that long? Man. It, it, it's hey, and Bill, I know we're running out of time, but one of the uh, kind of a current note for the Cowboys, Bill, uh, they're expected to do this. And so if they do it today, uh, they're expected to finally turn in the retirement papers for Travis Frederick. Uh, it'll affect their salary cap. It's almost like a, a salary cap stimulus because they'll get back his $7 million base salary. Uh, now he'll count almost five million dead money this year and another six million next year. But they waited till after June first to turn in the retirement papers uh, so they could spread out the dead money, which was uh, over eleven million dollars. Uh, and but they'll now that they they were supposed to do it today. I mean, there's no deadline anymore. You, whenever they do it, his base salary of seven million dollars will go back into the cap. And that'll just about cover what their rookie uh, pool is for salaries this year. I think the pool is $7.3 million. Uh, so they'll be able – it was almost like you had a savings account there, and now you tap into it right. to be able to use it. So uh, and or, they, by the way, we're running out of salary cap money, too. Or that just frees up enough money to go ahead and make that Jamal Adams trade. <laughs> uh, I don't think that covers a first and a third round kick. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. You're thinking, though, Bill. I like yeah. the way you think, Bill. I like yeah. the way you think, Bill. I'm having to renegotiate a contract for somebody that wants about $14 million a year. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. But good, right. good, good thinking, Bill. Okay. Well, Mickey only gets half his pay this week. Oh, uh, Josh. I'm, I'm, I'm like the NBA players, right? Or MLB, right? Hey, Bill, 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 we just, we just, we just tapped in. We just tapped into Spag's weekly pay, so we get to see that. <laughs> That's right. There you go. All right. So we're gonna do this again next Thursday, right? Well, we're gonna try and work it out. Otherwise, we're just going WebEx, just the way we do. All right. And that does it for Mix Shots for this week, and we will see you again next Thursday at 11 a.m. on June 11th. Moving on. You guys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!